Hey all, before we start the show today, I wanted to remind you about my resources page. Just go to ladyfoxentertainment.com and you will see a button on the landing page to go right there. I have a lot of affiliate relationships with some really cool companies, uh, ranging from health supplements to stuff for the bedroom, which I think will apply to today's episode a little bit. Um, So please check that out. Some great stuff that I use myself, uh, like the FreshBooks software for my accounting, Bluehost for my web hosting. Blueberry for my media services for this podcast. If you want to start your own, I highly suggest you check them out. And please click through my link so that they know that I sent you. This helps support the production of Nothing Off Limits, and I really appreciate you checking it out and perhaps purchasing something. The holidays are coming up, everyone. And now on to the show with the beautiful and awesome Natalie Vartanian. Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about then realize you should, then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. Today, we're going to turn to sex and relationships with a focus on polyamory with my beautiful guest, the wonderful Natalie Vartanian. She's a certified life coach, relationship expert, business strategist, writer, speaker, and teacher. Her mission is to inspire people to dream big and take the risks to have it all and live a turned-on life. I dig that. She's worked with women from across five continents to help them get the sex lives and the relationships that they want, in addition to connecting to their passion work in the world and building business that makes a difference in a way that feels fun, easy, and alive. Her work has been featured in the Elephant Journal, Your Tango, Good Men Project. She's the host of the podcast Taboo and Turn On, which I was just on recently, and previously co-hosted Sex the Podcast. Natalie is now working on self-publishing her first book about her sexual escapades and revolutions slated to come out in early 2018. You can get on the waiting list for her book by going to sexmoneygodbook.com. I'll include that link in the show notes, as well as links to find out more about Natalie, this turnedonlife.com or tabooandturnon.com. I'll give you her social media links too. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you, Michelle. You're so mellow. <laughs> I told you, I just got back from like co-leading this amazing women's rites of passage workshop in Florida, this beautiful ashram. And so I think I've definitely soaked up all the energy from that space for sure. So you're welcome, listeners. (laughs) Yeah. I need a little bit of that juiciness, niceness, dig. Welcome to the show. I just love everything about what you do and what you stand for and um, was thrilled to be on your show as well and to talk about relationships. Yeah. Now, I'm curious because you do a lot of talking about sex across all of your work. <laughs> so true. Every time I try and deny, like, I don't really do that much work around sex, and that's not really my calling. And everyone literally looks at me like I'm a crazy person. They're like, <laughs> uh, Natalie, ooh, I hate to break it to you. So that's kind of what you do. <laughs> so what is the fascination with it? Or what? why are you so drawn to sharing more about that? Oh, man. I honestly think it's because I didn't feel like I had a space to growing up. Mm. I felt really 
really shut down around sex for a long time. And um, like I didn't even have sex for the first time until I was 20, intercourse, until I was 20. And um, I was really afraid of sex, Was uh, but then also also very fascinated. I feel like I had a really high sex drive from when I was really young, but because of religion and all of the different messaging around sex, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I really, really shut it down. Yeah. Um, and so it's been quite a journey for me to come to this place of what sex is good and what sex could be fun and sex could be connecting and sex could be sacred and, and having a high sex drive is right and healthy and having a high sex drive as a woman is actually a good thing mm-hmm. and doesn't mean you're a horse let, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, just all of those, I mean, yeah, it just, I think all of those messages really had me shut down my just expression in the world in general. And the more that I've been untangling a lot of that, I'm just realizing how connected those two things are. The, the way that I show up in the world when I'm really fully embracing and an acceptance of my sex versus when I'm not. Hmm, that's interesting to me it's because that different. was... Yeah, because that's like um, one of the things that I think people get the wrong idea about, especially women, if you're coming across in this really open way, it's off-putting or too intense for some people. Mm-hmm. Or a guy might think that you're coming off as like way too sexual. Right. What do you find are those differences of when you're expressing it and when you're not? Well, because I mean, I think there is a difference though of when you're expressing it with a need to have something in return. Uh-huh. Because there are ways that we express it kind of subversively and passive aggressively or or in a way to kind of manipulate like we do. Like that's kind of the sure. shadow side of a woman's sex, right? Yeah. Like we know how to use that shit like because it's powerful. <laughs> yeah. You know? So many women do it like in the boardroom, you know, purposely yeah. wearing that skirt with the big slit up the side, you know, whatever right. it takes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so and and I think. And I'm so glad you're asking that question because it's it's good to tease those things apart because there's it's one thing to express without wanting or needing anything in return. Like I'm doing this for me mm-hmm. versus I'm doing this because I need or want something from you, a reaction, mm-hmm. um, acceptance, approval, um, to feel like I'm important, worthy, loved, um, powerful, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we're doing it from those places, shit gets wonky and then now we're conflating those two things and we're equating sexual expression with adverse reactions from people or you know and so it is it's kind of like to me it's about coming back to the kind of purity around sex and um and and your own relationship with sex versus sex as a means for something i like that what about if we flip it around and have you ever had a uh, situation where someone has taken advantage of that wonderful energy if you are not throwing it out in a way that you're looking for something or wanting something? There's no agenda, but you're just so open and warm and there is this, a beautiful sexuality about that. But have you found that somebody's latched onto that and kind of become like a little vampy? Oh, sure. Yeah, totally. Because I can't, I can't also control other people's reactions. Right. And, um, and I think the important distinction is there is, I mean, we still have to have boundaries. How do you do that effectively? Because I think that's a fine balance. It is. 
It totally is. And, and I don't know if I'm, I'm kind of, it's a work in progress for me too, because I am such an open, trusting, loving person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and this feeling of, oh, but I don't want to lead somebody on or, right. um, and I feel like that's where we get mixed up as women too. Like, I don't want to yes. lead someone on. Um, but you can't take responsibility for other people either. Right. You know, and I, mean, I think that's the part of um, knowing that people are going to have a wide range of reactions. Like I could stand in the middle of a room and say, you look amazing. And I will have five different reactions of like, who do you think you are to, um, wow, that was a very sweet compliment you just gave me to, um, you know, you're full of yourself. And like, people are just going to have their own reactions and yeah. for us to just kind of stay, it's almost like you have to have a little like bubble, <laughs> that, yeah. uh, like a little energetic bubble of I can give out, but I'm not going to soak in what's mm. coming at me. That's tough though, because then, I mean, mm-hmm. relationship is about that exchange. Yeah. And I mean, I found that if I, when, when I like someone, I will, it's a natural thing. We all do this. We, we touch them you know, in some way, or we'll touch their arm while we're talking to them or whatever. And I find that happening, you know, when I start to really like being around someone or enjoy their company. And there are certain people who, and I'm thinking specifically about like men who I've done this to, and they'll think that I'm hitting on them. And I may not be, I'm just enjoying our connection. And so that's where it becomes really hairy. And there's like this gray area. And yeah, you can't control them picking up on it in a way that you don't intend. So then I end up pulling back on my energy completely and then almost acting cold towards them because I'm like, well, I don't want them to think that I'm hitting on them because I'm not interested in them. Yeah. Well, sometimes we got to just out ourselves then. And again, here is where we get into this place of, oh, but that would be really vulnerable to actually be honest. (laughs) Cause I've had to tell people, Hey, just to let you know, I'm a really flirty person. I'm a really happy, flirty So person. men would call that a tease. Yeah, they might. <laughs> You're like, yeah, whatever. I mean, but they might. And I think this is the part where you have to, like, not fucking care. Right. You know, because, you, again, you can't control their reactions. See, this is why I love you, Natalie. <laughs> Because you're like, I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care. Because <laughs> and you said it in such a mellow way. Too. I know, because I can't, you know, honestly, Michelle, I've cared for so much of my fucking life and I'm, ty- I'm tired of it. Yeah. I, I got to a place where I was tired of caring because it, it is painful. I think it's more painful to not be able to express yourself in the world mm-hmm. than to express it and have to kind of deal with these things here and there, right? Yeah. Of people, because then you clean it up. Okay, right. so this person thinks that you're teasing them and hitting them on, on them, then you have a conversation. You know, is there a part of you that thinks that I'm hitting on you or I'm, I'm leading you on? They get to be honest and an adult and mm. respond. <laughs> and then we have a conversation, right? I think, like, I think you're I'm assuming, sorry. though, that people have the ability to communicate. <laughs> well, yes, you and know. I blame our whole education system for this. So. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and parenting, like nobody taught, nobody teaches anybody how, how to have an adult, honest, compassionate conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's a major problem. We learn about math and science, but we don't learn how to really truly have relationship. Like life skills. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's, that's my, 
if I were to have my one kind of outrageous goal in this lifetime, it would be to kind of create this whole new paradigm around education where the very first things that they're learning are life skills. Mm-hmm. How to deal with somebody giving you a criticism yeah. or giving you feedback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That would make such a big change in culture, but it, <laughs> okay. that's a big lofty goal. It is. And that's what I mean by, I know it's my outrageous goal, mm-hmm. but in the meantime, I can just impact my community, right? Yeah. I can, I can do what circle. I do just like you do what you do with your podcast. Like that's what I For feel. Sure that if I can touch one person, then they're going to ripple it out to their, like, and that was honestly what was so beautiful about this women's workshop that we just were at. Um, and I can share about it with your listeners too, but it was so cool at one point to realize we had 17 women attending. A lot of them were moms, not all of them were, but a lot of them were moms. And it was like, you could tell when they go back, they're going to be different with their husbands or, or wives or kids, their friends, their family members, like they, their little role in the world, right? Their little impact automatically was probably going to touch five to 10 people. Mm-hmm. And they're going to change the paradigm in their family. And then those people will then at some point change, right? And so like the ripple is real. Yeah. You hope. I mean, not to be, I tend to be a realist about things, but, um, you know, not everyone's going to sink into your growth. And that's something that I've noticed too over the years is every time I explore something new and get excited and make those shifts or those pivots, the people who don't see it or feel it along with you, you can't judge them for it, but it can make a difference in your relationship. Maybe it won't be such a great relationship anymore. Because sometimes people attach to each other for the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Because the things that attracted you before might not be the things that attract you after. And then change takes time. Mm-hmm. Like change takes time and change means things are changing. So we won't know what the outcome of that change is. And you can't predict it or control it. Right. 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 But sometimes people like, they're like, why can't you just be like the person that I met? who I met, I don't like who you're becoming, you're all hippy dippy now, (laughs) or whatever. So yeah, it's great to take that back. And but with the knowledge that maybe people won't respond to you the way you hope they will, and to be okay with that. Well, and I think this kind of does talk a lot. I mean, it is a sexuality conversation for me. And maybe why I am, again, so kind of passionate about this topic is, because I was so afraid for so long to share my truth around my sex because I was so afraid people would leave me and they would shun me. They would criticize me. They would think that I was like weird or like, I don't know, gross. I don't know. Like all the things that we equate with sex. Right. And um, so because of that, I had relationships with people, but they weren't genuine. They weren't authentic. I was hiding this part of myself. And so when you say you were hiding a part of yourself, what were you hiding? The first kind of part of this for me was when I realized like, oh my God, I think I'm bisexual Mm -hmm. Um, because I I pretty much from, I don't know, when I was 12, 13, 14, kind of started feeling like, wait a second, I'm just as turned on by women as I am with as as men when I would watch porn, like Mm -hmm. the scrambled porn at night, (laughs) you know, on the black box. Oh my God. (laughs) Don't age yourself, Natalie. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But... It was, it was so scary for me to think that, 
that that might be true. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, I didn't want it to be true. I'm like, oh my God, please. Like, I don't want this to be true because of the the kind of- Just the belief systems from yeah, society and family. So like, life is hard when you're not straight mm-hmm. kind of thought, you know, or, or belief. And yeah, because so, it doesn't fit into the normal societal box of yeah, what you're supposed to do. Yeah. yeah, it totally doesn't. And there's always this feeling of having to explain yourself and having to kind of validate yourself and having to, um, I don't know, not make sex the focus, but then it becomes a focus, you know, and like all this shit that come, like, kind of comes with it. And so it wasn't until I think I was 20 or 21 that I shared with my, my sibling and my best friend about it because I was like, I have to tell somebody. Mm-hmm. It just was so painful to like keep it in. Yeah, and they were the safest people for me, even though I was deathly afraid that it would totally change the relationship with my best friend, who was a woman. Um, that she would think that I would be then like now hitting on her or what, like mm-hmm. all again all mm-hmm. of these fears. Did and what was the reaction? Oh, she was so cool about it. She was like, "Really? Wait." how long has this been happening? And like, wait, does that mean you're going to start like dating women now? And she was just like curious, right? Mm -hmm. Because she loves me. And she's just fascinated by this like confession, you know? Yeah. And so anything. So that's positive because not everybody has that experience. No, no. Cause I mean, honestly, my sibling, when um, he came out to my mom as gay, her reaction was not, one of inviting and curiosity and um, celebration. And so I also saw that and that was scary for me. Yeah. Which was also why I kept it to myself. Right. Additional shutting down of who you are and what feels right to you. Mm -hmm. So I I definitely want to segue to polyamory because that's a whole different ball game. It is. And a very complex arrangement um, and variable. So for people out there who are listening, um, I'm not sure how educated or not my audience is on this topic. So let's just for, you know, shits and giggles, start from the top and, you know, tell us what it is and some of the myths associated with it, maybe. Yeah. So in, in the kind of purest dictionary definition of polyamory, it's having emotional or physical sexual relationships with more than one person. Mm-hmm. Um, so monogamy would be one person and you're, you have a deep emotional and physical relationship with this one person and there's nobody else that kind of comes into that structure and that container mm-hmm. where with polyamory it's, and that's why they call it open. So the container is open. The relationship is open to have other connections, other relationships that could have varied flavors, varied depths, varied um, expressions. Because it is like you could definitely have like an emotional relationship with someone. It doesn't necessarily mean I have sex with lots of people, Mm -hmm. but I could have a very, very deep, intimate relationship with someone outside of my partner. Mm -hmm. And we kind of act like partners too, even though we might not be having sex. But every situation is different. So yes. and this is why it gets very um, interesting. Yes. Um, and for those of us that actually really enjoy the freedom, we love the fact that it's kind of a um, choose your own adventure when it comes to relationships. 
because you can literally create it any way that you want. So I could have a primary partner, so someone that's kind of like my main go-to person, and then have other people that I'm in relationship with that I might not see that often, and I might not have as much of a like we're building a life together kind of energy. They're more like we go have fun, like hangouts or dates or mm-hmm. you know weekend trysts. I might literally have multiple relationships that kind of are, and I hate using this word, I just don't know another word for it, but kind of weighted evenly, um, where we just all kind of, you know, rely on each other and support each other. And it's not like this is my main person and you're not. It's like Mm -hmm. we're all kind of in the same kind of playing field together. Now, your primary partner, and this is an any polyamorous relationship has to be okay with this relationship and they have to know about it up front. Like it can't be this like secret side thing. Right. So, and that's the other thing about polyamory versus infidelity. Right. <laughs> polyamory. And that's that's is, a myth. That's a myth. P- right. Some people do think yes. mistakenly that because somebody's a poly person that automatically they're a cheater and that's not true. Right. And thank you for kind of really delineating that because polyamory is conscious ethical non-monogamy so it's out in the open it's talked about it's designed everyone basically opts in yeah there's choice where with infidelity there's not a choice it's like a one-sided kind of betrayal right open relationship yeah right that and i like how you said and they don't know and they're not choosing to be in this relationship, mm-hmm. in that dynamic. I liked how you said ethical, mm-hmm. ethical non-monogamy, meaning everybody opts in. I love that too. So that really does make that difference um, for people to understand it a little bit more, not to kind of like turn their nose up at it, at the idea of this. Yeah, because I don't, and honestly, I mean, and here's here's something that actually kind of bothers me with some of the like kind of communities is when everyone wants to get on their high horse of like their way is better. Like monogamy is better than polyamory or polyamory is, is the more kind of evolved version of monogamy. Like I actually don't believe in any of that. Mm -hmm. I really feel like it's personal choice and what works for you. Polyamory doesn't work for everyone. Monogamy doesn't work for everyone. Well, and that was going to be a question that I would have for you is like, you know, who might not be suited for polyamory? Yeah, I mean, someone that might not be suited for polyamory is someone that kind of needs a lot of kind of attention and, um, or just isn't, I mean, basically you're not willing to share and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like you want your relationship to be that you just give each other the attention and energy and love, right? Mm -hmm. Like for me, I actually enjoy giving my energy and love to multiple people. And I also, again, when it's with the right people, because here's the thing, you can play the game, but if you don't have the right players, the game's going to suck. So you might be doing polyamory with people. And if they're not willing and able to do it, it's going to be really painful. Well, that's the thing. Like you might meet somebody who is not your primary partner and your intention is to just have this great connection and to have fun together or whatever else. And then maybe that person gets more emotionally attached than you do and then wants to become your primary partner. 
And so jealousy starts to happen and all of these different emotions because at the end of the day, we're still human beings and we can't remain completely detached when we're connecting with someone. So, you know, that's where I feel like it gets hairy too, is like, like you said, if the players aren't all in a good headspace or heart space, it could be problematic. Yeah, because I mean, I've, I've had that in one of my relationships where um, we were really trying this idea of, okay, we're primaries and then we have, we can be with other people, um, whether it's dating, whether it's kind of um, friends with benefits. And so I started seeing a woman, my primary person was a man and I started seeing a woman and I, on both of their ends, they were like not able to handle it. Like I was oh. in the middle, like, this is great. You know? <laughs> of course. Um, this is awesome because I mean, I got so fed from my time with her that I came back and was like so present and loving with my primary male partner. And I was just mm. giving him a lot of love and attention. Um, and then his like steadiness and support had me just like feeling really solid and good. And I could go back and give her a lot of like love and support too. But she got to a point where she couldn't handle it because she wanted to be more of, like you said, a primary energy. And, and then he was just like, you know, it just hurt him a lot. It just like physically hurt him when I was with other people and he didn't really anticipate that. Yeah. Right. Cause you don't know until you do it. Right. What's going to come up. Well, yeah, like I said, you know, the typical human emotions, human emotions come up, it's the heart we're talking about. And so it's difficult to be able to watch your partner be with somebody else or to just know that they're with somebody else and not feel like you're, I don't know, like you're losing a part of them or something like they're not fully with you anymore. And it it does hurt. I can see how we are so afraid to be abandoned and to have their love away from us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's normal. And I think this is the part where people that do polyamory and do it well, they don't make any of those emotions wrong. Like Mm -hmm. jealousy isn't wrong. Kind of having insecurity isn't wrong. Having a fear of abandonment isn't wrong. We actually welcome that all in and say, okay, like I get you're feeling like that. And so what can we do to have you embrace that? And also, is there things we can do to kind of um, make the relationship work better if it is something that's not working? But like if it's yeah. just like I'm jealous, a lot of times I just need to feel jealous and feel like my partner feels it's okay that I'm jealous instead of making me wrong about it. Right. Like, what do you mean? You knew we were getting into this like setup mm. and like, are you fucking jealous? And it's like, right. Oh my God, I'm not telling you we need to change anything. I'm just, this is a fucking human emotion. I'm jealous. Okay? Right. 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 Like that's the difference. And so the key with these situations and these arrangements is to communicate. Yeah. I mean, over communicate. Sure. So if you're starting to feel that pang and, and you're like, ooh, I don't feel so good about the fact that you just told me that you're going to go out and be with this other person tonight. Yeah. That really bothers me because I want you here with me and I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to talk about it and to work through it, it takes a very evolved, secure person. I mean, it's a work in progress for sure. Because again, because we don't know 
what's going to come up. But yeah, like, like I said, it's, to me, it's always about the willingness Mm -hmm. because your shit is going to come up in a relationship, whether you're monogamous or not. Yeah. Oh yes. People are like, polyamory is so hard. It's like, yeah, it is, but you're making it. So is monogamy. (laughs) (laughs) So I think another thing too, that makes it um, interesting is that, you know, you can create your own rules, right? And rules could probably help with some of this, these potential obstacles of jealousy and, and this kind of thing. So give us some examples of some rules that either you've implemented, like as an example, when I go out with somebody, I'll let you know who it's going to be. Or I'll never tell you who it is, but I'll tell you when I'll be back. Or that kind of thing. Like what parameters have you used in the past or people you know have used in the past that have worked well? Well, again, I don't, I can't say what's going to work well for you. And this is the part that's such the mystery of polyamory because in my one, at one relationship I was talking about where I was with a, a man as a primary and was seeing a woman, um, it's kind of like my secondary relationship. We tried all these different things. We, we went through a phase of don't ask, don't tell. We went through a phase of, I want to know if you have a crush on somebody went through another phase of, I need a heads up, um, with like what you're going to do and and how long you're going to be gone. Mm -hmm. Or, um, it was like, kind of don't tell me anything, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. We even so got to individual. a point recently of like, uh, lie to me. <laughs> like, I just don't want to know that you're, oh, wow. who you're with, you know? And, I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's certain ways that, again, is it really lying when that's part of the agreement, right? That I just yeah. don't want you to tell me. Yeah. I, I have not participated in, in an arrangement like this, but if I were to try it, which I already know it would not work for me. <laughs> I'm very territorial. Like my partner's sure. my partner. Do not yeah. touch. <laughs> right. But right. I mean, my best friend's like that too. Yeah. Like my, my friend since high school, like she's just like, I don't know how the fuck you do it. I yeah. Would never do that. I mean, like, I'm highly impressed because <laughs> yeah, seriously. But if I were to try it, I think I would need like really more defined rules, like nothing to lose where it's just like, don't ask don't tell that would drive me nuts I would need to have something like okay hey this coming Thursday I'm going to be going out with so and so and we're going to go see a movie and then we're going to hang out after and and then get the details like does that mean you're going to have sex if so please use protection you know what I mean like what are like really define what it is so that I know exactly what's going on and it's it's not about control but more about like feeling at ease so you don't have to wonder what might be going on you know that kind of thing because the wonder the wonder piece the wonder piece is where your mind goes what goes into I don't know fantasy land you start creating these scenarios of like what could possibly be going on and that's what hurts yeah, I mean, I think that is what hurts a lot of times for 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 most people is to to not feel well. And to me, it's like feeling included versus excluded. Yes, that's huge, right? That's like huge. I want to feel included in well, right in what's then happening. You're not or, really having a real relationship yeah. if somebody's just constantly doing their own thing. Then it's like you might as well just be single. That's how I see it. Yeah, I mean, and in some ways, that's a really good point, Michelle, because I mean. In a lot of ways, and this is why I love, um, so Esther Perel, she's a really amazing um, psychotherapist, and she does a lot of work around sex and sexuality and eroticism, and she actually wrote a book 
recently about infidelity, but one of the things she was saying is that, you know, we are all polyamorous. We just don't see it as that when we're dating, right? Right. right. We're dating tons of people, Mm -hmm. right? We just don't talk about it. And or, um, you know, before it was monogamy was one person for life. And now it's one person at a time, (laughs) you know? Yes, yes. So, so it's just like we have changed the rules multiple times in our society and mm-hmm. over the years. And now it's kind of coming down to this kind of micro rule making in relationships where yeah. right now, like for me personally right now, like I've really been coming into this place of like, I really, really want to embrace being bisexual and being polyamorous. And so I have now a relationship with a woman that's feeling like it's becoming more primary where we talk like all the time and we like are each other's emotional support. And we actually are very open in sharing about each other's partners. And we like, it works because we're actually, there's a term in polyamory called compersion, which is like you celebrate the fact that your partner has other partners. You're happy for your partner's happiness in their relationship with other people. Like, Mm -hmm. I never had experienced that before, ever. But yeah. with her, for whatever reason, like we're able to do that. This is what I mean by the players. Like I finally feel like, wow, I found like the right player for me in this mm. game. Be like, did you have fun with Casey? And she's like, yeah, I totally have fun. She's like, did you have fun with your partner? And I was like, yeah, actually, we had a really good time. Like, because now I'm like, okay, I'll have her kind of as a primary lady. I might have a primary dude or not. I don't know. Like, I'm in the exploration mm-hmm. of it. That's interesting. What was that term again? Compersion. Compersion. I interviewed, um, it was for a gay series that I used to host um, for a company. And I remember one of the guests had said that, like he said, I feel very happy when I see my husband being happy being with somebody else because they had an open relationship as well. And that's also a controversial topic within the gay community is like, should you or shouldn't you? You know, some people are still like highly into the monogamy thing, even in the gay community. Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, I didn't know that there was a term attached to that. But I remember it was hard for me to get my head around what he was expressing in that he really, truly did have. And I was like, wow, you must be super evolved because I can't even imagine that, (laughs) you know, unless I've already been split up from that person. And so much time has gone by that I no longer have romantic feelings for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally get that. And I mean, and it's funny to even hear you say that, Michelle, about like, you must be really involved because I don't, I don't think of it like that. I just, I really think that it's just a lot of it is our makeup. Um, yeah. Kind of what turns us on. And this is why my, the overall umbrella for me is a conversation around turn on. Mm-hmm. Does it turn you on at the idea of your partner being with other people? If it does. Cool. If it doesn't, why? Is it based on insecurity or is it based on um, your trauma that you had? Mm. Or is it just based on it just doesn't fucking turn me on? You know, this is interesting. I did an interview with Dr. Michael Aaron last summer, and he's a sexologist and um, wrote a wonderful book called Modern Sexuality. And his explanation is that in the womb, we our personalities are kind of formed. And some people are just born more open than other people. And so it's almost like from birth, in a way, what happens in your mother's womb with her hormone changes as she's pregnant, you know, that kind of thing. And so 
looking at it from that perspective, it's not that you're like this stodgy person because necessarily you had trauma, which that could definitely be part of it too. But also that maybe you're just your general wiring is either more open and exploratory or not. And your attachment style is more this or that, that kind of stuff. I think that fascinates me too. Yeah, I think so too. Cause I used to say that, that, you know, you're that polyamory monogamy is not that different from sexual orientation yeah of being gay straight bi trans whatever like it's kind of in the same camp where you're just kind of the genetics and pre pre and in some ways um because i don't in a lot of ways feel like i am i choose this even though i do choose it because we're all at choice but i feel like i'm kind of built like that where i can do polyamory i'm still Mm -hmm. trying to again find the right kind of design and players but that changes too and that's the part you're kind of you kind of thrive on change Hmm. in a way yeah so this is natural for you it feels very natural and very organic and it's not like you're you're like hey i want to explore this thing and it's like you're pushing through your normal comfort zone it's not like that at all this is just you yeah, I'm fascinated by it. Like I've, and I had a, another friend recently tell me, you've been talking about this for like six, seven years, Natalie. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure that like this is like who you are. You know, <laughs> fascinated by it. I've, I've tried it with you know, kind of two male partners, and now, like I said, I'm exploring it with a female partner, and I'm just still fascinated by it. And you know, jury's out if this is how it would be, you know, five, ten years from now. Who knows? Right. right. Again, because I like change, and I don't know if I the thought of doing anything the same forever, you know, mm-hmm. that just like feels like death to me. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But, but I don't know. I think there is a part of me that does um, thrive off of it. I know. I can't imagine you being like the wifey at home, like who just, you know, works a regular nine to five and, you know, sits down on the couch and watches TV all night. Like, <laughs> I just can't see you being in that kind of a lifestyle. But I did that lifestyle, Michelle. Like, and it's funny when I tell people that they look at me like I have a head growing out of my head. Yeah, that doesn't but, seem like you. No, <laughs> but I did. I was engaged. I owned a home. I worked in construction in a kind of upper management job. I was raising three stepkids. And, wow. Um, and it was just, it was that life. And I just, I feel like in some ways it was really beautiful. Um, There was a lot of beautiful things about it, but there was another part of me that felt like, wait a second, uh, this doesn't actually feel like the life that I want. Mm -hmm. It's funny because we put an idea in our head about what we think is what we should be doing, or it might feel right for a little while, like you said, and then then you realize it's not. And I did the same thing too. It's like, you just have to go through it and see what works for you and what doesn't. And it's not malicious. You're not like trying to hurt anyone or, you know, it's just life. That's how it unfolds. Yeah. And I think the other thing, because I I do want to talk about this because I know we we chatted about it when we were kind of coming up with the topic for this episode, but the kind of new relationship energy thing. Oh, yeah. Um, Because again, when we talk about with polyamory, like you kind of accept all, all kind of situations and emotions and things like that. Like I'm a kind of, I'm the kind of person that loves falling in love. And, and in polyamory, it's kind of like you expect that 
you expect that kind of like falling in love period when you have a new partner that those first six months where everything feels like you know they could walk on water or mm-hmm. or just like emotions run high so you yeah. just like to be high all the time natalie kind of do kind of do i do <laughs> so funny but then actually like and even with this um actually robert was but who you know um yesterday we had this conversation where he said you know i'm finally getting about you that you're the kind of person that just falls in and out of love regularly but it's not anything like that's just who you are like with Mm -hmm. him i've fallen in and out of love with him multiple times Mm -hmm. i've fallen in and out of love with coaching multiple times and it's just like it's just who i am Mm -hmm. and i get that make it wrong before but now it's like that's just it's like cycles it's seasons Mm -hmm. i like that i like that you look at it look at it in that way as a season you know like oh okay and you can do that in any area of your life it's not necessarily with just with relationships either it's like like you said it with life coaching too you know and i've had ins and outs with different um things and people just think that i'm all over the place and i don't know what the (laughs) hell i want you know and i'm i'm a hot mess well it's just it's where i'm being led at that moment you know, and so there's nothing wrong with that, like you said. It doesn't mean that you're screwed up in any no. way. And even with sexuality, we make it so wrong when we're with our partners, like even in a monogamous relationship. And it's like, I don't know what happened. I don't have, like, my sex drive isn't like what it used to be. And it's like, oh my God, it can't be on 24 7 raging and roaring forever. Like, right. Nature isn't like that. It expands, it contracts. There's winter, there's summer. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay, your sexuality and your sex drive is going to go in and out. And there's nothing wrong with that. And they say that like biologically speaking, after 18 months, like the first 18 months of a relationship is like the high period when your hormones are raging, the attraction is is there. Yeah. And then it's just once you become very familiar with a partner, like you could still be having regular sex, but you don't have that same surge of hormones or the, you know, the dopamine and all of that, it doesn't happen because Addictive they're so familiar. Relationship right, <laughs> right. So that would explain why people have affairs. You know, they, they want to feel that again. Yeah. Yeah. So unless you figure out a way to create it within your relationship, because mm-hmm. you can, sure. you can totally kind of, I don't know, like fake Mix it, it up. make it or kind of, yeah, mock, mock, like where we're kind of, dating all over again right yeah or why don't you wear a wig honey and make it look like you, you look like someone else <laughs> i need to Let's pretend you're play. that like person i met on the street the other day that i wanted to totally like oh, grab into yeah. um i love this topic i love chatting with you about know, stuff so yeah any final thoughts for the folks out there um when it comes to owning your sexuality or with respect to polyamory I, I think I use this with all of my clients is um, to allow yourself to be curious and to explore because you might actually not know if something is right for you until you experience it mm-hmm. and to just have compassion with yourself in the process. Cause even with anything, you might try it once and it might be great or it might be shitty. Like I actually have a rule of, I like to try things twice mm. because sometimes the first time isn't a good judge of it like even first dates a lot of the times i'm like i'll go on two dates with someone i won't unless it's like super shitty on the first date 
Yeah. But or they've know. revealed to you that they've, you know, that they're like a serial killer. <laughs> I mean, right. you know, whatever. Right. But a lot of times on the first date, we're nervous and, and we're yeah. just like, we don't know what to do and we're awkward. awkward. And, you know, sometimes exactly. it takes two or three times of doing something to see how you really feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so explore, be curious, um, talk to people. Because again, there's this way that we kind of, sexuality lives in the shadows and that's why it's it's like taboo because we don't talk about it yeah like talking about it will kind of help alleviate some of the kind of shame we hold around it around our sexual orientation or around our fantasies around our desires around you know the kind of relationship structure that we want um so just like talking to people that feel safe and feel like they would accept you and and allow you to kind of again, talk out loud and explore out loud. Mm-hmm. And you'll know who that's going to be. You'll, yeah. <laughs> you can test that out by, yeah. you know, saying something and it'll depend on how they react to it. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I love that advice. Yeah. Be yeah. curious. Be it's curious. okay, everybody. Yeah, it totally <laughs> is. It's okay. You might think it's like one person's right garbage is another person's like art, whatever mm-hmm. that thing is. It's like, to each their own, we all have our own unique kind of filters and desires. And, and one person might be like, oh, my God, missionary is like the best ever. And another person's like, oh, my God, unless you're like pinching my nipples and like I feel some sort of like pain, I'm not turned on. Like, I, And they're both okay and beautiful and perfect. It's unique. Yeah. It's unique. For you. Everybody out there listening, please check out all of Natalie's amazing work. Go to her website, thisturnedonlife.com. Who would have thunk that she would be from construction, raising three stepkids, to now talking all about sex? (laughs) I know. Life's crazy. It is. Tabooandturnon.com. And then I'm going to also send you the link to get on her waiting list for her new book coming out, sexmoneygodbook.com. Natalie, thank you again. You're awesome. Love you. Thank you, Michelle. And thank you for just having the space for, again, for people to just talk about anything and everything. Absolutely. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.